Fast news, fresh takes, first. Tim Dower and Early Edition. Thanks to digitalboost.co.nz. Free training and support to boost your business. First up, China, Taiwan. You will be aware that Chinese warplanes have been flying sorties into Taiwan's air defence zone lately. Naturally, Taiwan's a bit stressed by all this. Military tensions, it says, are the most serious in over 40 years. And the defence minister reckons China could be capable of a full-scale invasion by 2025. Let's get to the Research House Rand Corporation in Washington. Scott Harold is with us there. And uh, Scott, morning. Uh, What would you say China is up to? Yeah, I think there's uh, three or four things to highlight. One, of course, we've just had China's National Day on October 1st, so that's always a time when the regime would like to show its uh, its patriotic stripes, its toughness, its its prestige, and its military capabilities. Second, uh, the United States, the United Kingdom, and Japan have been conducting uh, carrier aircraft carrier operations in the East and South China Sea with four carriers in the region. I think it's probably the largest uh, display of allied uh, air power and uh, naval air power in particular that we've seen in recent years. Uh, and I suspect that China is reacting to that somewhat. Of course, we also have, uh, you know, the, the Tsai administration uh, insisting, of course, uh, I think in my view correctly, that the people of Taiwan will determine Taiwan's future, not anyone else. But Beijing regards the refusal to acknowledge uh, Beijing's perspective that uh, both Taiwan and China are part of one country. Uh, and the quote-unquote 1992 consensus that it believes exists or wants to believe exists uh, as something that gives it cause to put pressure on Taiwan. And so this is a a way to rattle the saber, to engage in a kind of airborne version of gunboat diplomacy, to intimidate Taiwan, to stress Taiwan, and to engage in psychological warfare and intimidation against the island's population. So I think those are the three or four big factors. All right. So partly for domestic consumption, partly for international, dare I call it, dick swinging and showing off to other countries and uh, other countries doing a bit of the same kind of thing. But we mustn't forget what's been said about China's long term intentions, Taiwan. Certainly true. Of course, China has always maintained that uh, that Taiwan is a part of Chinese territory and that China reserves the right to use force uh, to to achieve what it regards as reunification, what many outside of China would call unification or conquest. Uh, and I think you're correct to say that uh, that China has been building military capabilities for the last 25 years or so uh, since the mid-1990s when they last engaged in a major military effort to intimidate Taiwan uh, to try to ensure that the United States and other allies and partners don't come to Taiwan's aid and that they have the ability to conquer Taiwan if need be, if given the order. However, China has been undertaking major military reforms since 2015. Those have been uh, probably quite productive, but also highly disruptive. It's unclear whether China could actually execute a major opposed force amphibious assault and airborne assault against a set of dug-in defenders who have been preparing for the last 70 years. Taiwan's terrain is highly favorable to defense, 
and China would have to be lifting hundreds of thousands of troops across open bodies of water in an era when precision-guided munitions make that an extremely risky prospect. So while China will continue to try to coerce Taiwan, it seems to me unlikely that they're going to take a roll of the dice on fighting Taiwan, the United States, Japan, and other countries at this time. Are we in danger of being distracted by what's happening with Taiwan from what China's ambitions are elsewhere in, in, in the South Pacific? I think China's ambitions in in uh, you know in the entire Indo-Pacific region and, and globally are actually highlighted by what it's doing. China has revealed that it is willing to use to engage in naked aggression uh, against a democratic neighbor that, of course, has been one of the most successful countries in the world at countering COVID, and it stands as a force for good in trying to counteract negative global trends. So I think in that sense, China's actions there are of a piece with its genocide in Xinjiang, its repression against the Uyghurs and the Falun Gong practitioners, underground Christian churches, and generally the Chinese people as a whole. Of course, China has also been very active in stealing intellectual property and threatening its other neighbors around the region. So I think it's really more highlighting what China is doing rather than distracting from China's other challenges that it poses. Okay, getcha. Scott Harold with us from the Research House Rand Corporation in Washington in the States.